All right, NASA releasing some uh, pretty scary news. Scientists at the uh, Space Flight Center say the smoke from the Australian wildfires is actually expected to circle right around the entire world. Australia, of course, has been dealing with a a smoke crisis uh, in their uh, major cities, and there have been reports of smoke detectors. How about this going off in high rises in both uh, Melbourne and Sydney? Rebecca Sari is a civil and environmental engineering uh, professor at the University of Waterloo and joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Rebecca, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. I mean, this certainly is uh, concerning, uh, you know, not only it sounds like for Australia, but uh, now the entire world as we've been uh, watching this uh, unfold. And I guess uh, my first question is, is there a way that you can sort of quantify for us just uh, the amount of smoke that these uh, bushfires or wildfires in Australia have created? Yeah, there's a few ways of um, understanding this uh, immediately. Like you mentioned, um, groups like NASA use satellites and models to produce um, images of where the the smoke is going, and you can actually see these plumes. Um, Another important indicator uh, in terms of health are the air pollutant concentrations. So the air quality has gotten... uh, really, really bad, reaching levels that are over 10 times what was considered safe in parts of uh, Victoria and New South Wales. Yeah, and the fact that not only we can see these uh, images, uh, the smoke from outer space, but the fact that uh, it's not only just concentrated anymore over Australia, but it seems to be, as we mentioned, making its way uh, right around the world. That's right. Um, Well, you know, there are no borders when it comes to the atmosphere, so air can transport globally. Um, the fastest that it goes, though, is mostly in the horizontal direction, so east to west. And it can only take a few weeks to cross from one continent to another neighboring continent. Like, for example, you know, smoke from Canada could reach China uh, pretty easily in a couple weeks. Um, fortunately, uh, um, in terms of crossing the the border, there's a bit of a barrier at the equator that inhibits transport um, across between hemispheres. Okay, and why is that? Well, there's something there called the intertropical convergence zone. There's not a really big, um, where there's a lot of upwelling of air. So instead of being able to cross horizontally, it tends to get um, shunted up vertically. There's not much of a temperature gradient across the barrier, so there's not much driving any horizontal motion. So it can cross, but it takes a long time. So a lot of the worst impacts in terms of the air pollution and health impacts will be uh, more local and regional in the Southern Hemisphere. All right. And when the smoke travels, is it generally just due to wind or is there other factors at play? I'm thinking about uh, tides, uh, water currents, that sort of thing that uh, might pull, uh, you know, the smoke uh, through the air and through the atmosphere. Well, the big, the big thing driving, um, you know, transport of air in the world is really just temperature gradients, mostly caused by the sun. So that really sets up all of the circulation. So you're, you're right that um, certainly over the ocean near the surface, those currents can drag uh, winds along with it. But most of it's set up, these big general circulation patterns are set up by just temperature gradients um, by the fact that, you know, the equator is hotter than the poles and, and um, you know, Australia is in a different season than we are now. 
Okay, and uh, forgive me if this is a bit of an ignorant question, but uh, it kind of occurred to me when I was reading about this uh, last night. Uh, why is it the smoke just doesn't kind of dissipate upwards and into the air? Uh, why is it uh, carrying and uh, moving, uh, you know, and wrapping around the globe? Oh, sure. Well, a lot of it is actually transported vertically. And in fact, wildfires are, are very hot. And so hot air does tend to, to rise more rapidly and create more vertical instability and more mixing. So certainly um, a lot of that air is going, a lot of the emissions from those fires are going to go um, higher up into the atmosphere and get into global circulation that way. And is that why we're hearing these reports of smoke detectors going off in high rises in uh, Melbourne and Sydney? People that are living 45 stories or more uh, in the air. The, again, their detectors, their smoke detectors are going off. Yeah, that would not be um, uh, very comforting to, to hear. Um, but yes, that's why. You can get both horizontal transport fairly substantially downwind as well as uh, vertical transport. If you're in a high rise, it could easily reach you. All right. What is the chances of us seeing it here in Canada and Ontario, uh, in Toronto? Uh, is there a chance that some of this wildfire smoke will eventually uh, end up uh, here? It seems like Australia. I mean, it literally is halfway around the world. You know, we always think about it, what a long flight it is uh, to get out there. It's almost hard to kind of wrap your head around, uh, Rebecca, you know, this smoke, uh, this uh, bushfire, wildfire smoke making its way all the way here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we will see impacts from those Australian fires. But you have to remember there's a few things that they're contributing. The first is the smoke itself, which is associated with all sorts of um, short-term immediate health impacts like asthma, respiratory infection, heart attacks. Um, And that, like I was saying, mostly travels um, east to west rapidly and has a harder time crossing the equator. So that's why, you know, in Canada, like in Toronto, we saw those smoke plumes coming from, for example, the Fort McMurray wildfires in Alberta in 2016. So that smoke can easily reach Toronto. Um, we'd probably see less effects from the Australian fires in terms of the pollution-related health impacts. But we also have to remember that they're releasing uh, a lot of carbon dioxide. So wildfires produce billions of tons of carbon dioxide every year, and that's a long-lived um, gas that circulates globally and contributes to climate change. So we might be spared some of the local pollution, but everyone is going to experience these effects of uh, the greenhouse gases. Yeah. How will we measure this, uh, Rebecca? Will folks such as yourself and environmentalists, climatologists, I'm guessing, uh, I mean, a lot of people are going to be uh, monitoring a lot of different uh, factors and uh, looking at uh, different indices, uh, as it were, to to see what sort of effect this might have uh, here and around the world? Yeah, absolutely. So these fires are going to be incorporated every day in the global Um, air quality forecasts that you'll get from agencies like Environment and Climate Change Canada, or you mentioned NASA. Um, And the emissions from these types of major wildfire events are going to be included in um, inventories, what we call emissions inventories, that we use to understand what the effects of these individual um, events would contribute in terms of climate change or pollution-related health impacts. And also so we can help understand larger trends, like things like how wildfires um, contribute to uh, public health burdens 
and might be affected by ongoing climate change. Well, listen, we've all uh, watched in uh, horror the uh, footage and the uh, news reports coming out of Australia regarding these uh, wildfires, and it certainly speaks volumes as to just how big of a disaster this is when we hear that it's uh, showing up on uh, NASA satellites and expected to wrap its way right around the world. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time and explaining some of this for us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Great to talk to you.